Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, glory to God. I will, uh, I'm going to endeavor to wrap up and end this month. And so, quick to listen, slow to speak. Quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. And we're going to go, I, I literally have... So much to, to go on right here, and we're just going to go with it. So uh, I'm going to read Hebrews 4, verse 8 through 12 as an opening prayer, and then we'll pray. It says, For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Today is our Sabbath rest, right? You guys got all that back there? Anyway, yeah, you're about to go nuts. Anyway, okay. So there is a Sabbath rest for the people of God. This is our day. This is our time. This is our rest. Say, our rest. There we go. Glory to God. Verse 10, for the one who has entered, for the one, that is me, that is you, who has entered his rest, the rest of God, for the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works. I am rested from my works. You are rested from your works, right? Okay, so what's the last part of that? As God did from his. We're a representation of our Father. We're, it's a release of the Spirit to us. And so we see here, uh, verse 11, Therefore let us be diligent to enter into that rest. It takes works, it takes time, it takes effort, but we will rest in what the Lord has for us. And so, and what he has already purchased for us. So that, here we go, we're going to get into this. We've been on submission and authority. We've been talking about manifesting spiritual realities. So that no one will fall. The devil is a bully. He attacks you when you're weak, when you're broke down. He won't attack a full-grown, filled-up, strong, capable person. He wants you when you've allowed things to come in, pressures that you've probably allowed upon yourself to break you down. He doesn't even have to do all the work because we didn't fill ourselves up with the Spirit of God. We didn't hold ourselves to the word of God. So that no one will fall through following the same examples of disobedience. Now let's start off with for Joshua. We'll get into some of that today. Verse 12, for the word of God, here's our prayer today. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Father, we ask you right now for your spirit revelation to come upon us. We thank you that we are your children and we hear your voice, and your spirit is dividing and showing us how the word of God separates our very thoughts and intents. 
Lord God, we want to live by the Spirit, not by our soul. Lord God, we want to have an illumination within our soul. We want to see the light of your word. And today, Father, we ask for your revelation to come upon us, that we might see and know, that we might walk and operate, that we might be a physical demonstration of who you are. Father, we thank you for your Spirit is with us. And you've never left us, never forsaken us, and you have planned out all the purposes for us. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And so we're going to begin today. We've been talking about manifesting spiritual realities, we, we, how we look into the unseen spiritual world with this physical one. Um, I'm, I'm going to just read this here. To reveal the thinness of the veil that separates the two. It's so thin, so thin. The Lord gave me a great analogy for this here later. Um, God has revealed in his word keys to the doors that hold the treasures of heaven. We'll look at the key that started it all. Of course, we've been doing this. Jesus, the way, the truth, the life, the only way to the Father. We believed, confessed the finished work of the cross, and in so doing, submitted ourselves, our lives, to a master. Submission to authority. And so... Our primary scripture is 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen, And that, eh, yeah, we're not going to go there right now. I'm going to do this. Billy Brim makes a statement. Believers who understand their authority are not afraid. They humbly operate in authoritative power. And so we've been talking for the last three weeks on submission. Today we're going to touch on authority. We're going to start to look at what authority looks like. Authority, the definition of authority is delegated power. Simple. Delegated power. So the, the first scripture I'm going to use to show you that we have two words that we care about the most, or not care about, of most interest in this um, for power. We have one that's called uh, Escusia, or no, I don't want to do that one first. I'm going to do Dunamis first. Uh, Acts 1.8, Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power. We know about this. Many people have uh, taught on this. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, right, we receive that dynamite, that explosive, that inherent power, the power of reproducing itself. It's dynamic. It's a dynamo. It's, it's boom, and it reproduces itself. I mean, you get shockwaves off of this power. When this power is released into things, they move. There's nothing there. There is a power, and that was in Acts 1.8 that was released. You receive power from on high. You received a dynamo, dynamic, dynamite-type power on the inside of us, and we get to release it. But that's not the authority. That's power. And people confuse authority and power all the time. Do you, you have power to change that? Actually, no, I do not, but I know who does. Oh, now we're going to start talking about authority. Okay, anyway. Escusia is, a, is another term, Greek word, that we're looking at here. That, and this one actually means authority. This is authority or delegated power. The liberty and right to put forth power. The liberty, freedom, freedom, freedom. The liberty and the right... The deeded inheritance of power to operate in it. John 
would be the scripture for that. It says, but as many as received him, he gave them the right, the inheritance. You have the power to become sons of God, even to those who believe in his name. So we look at, there's a verse here in Luke 10, 19, that actually shows the use of both terms in creating this, what power is. Luke 10, 19 says this. I'm going to read out the New American Standard. Behold, I have given you authority or power. And New King James says power and power, I believe. Oh, no, that's New King James right there. And it didn't. Uh, so just King James. Anyway, the authority, the excusia, the delegated authority, the liberty and right to put forth, that's what it gives you, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the dynamic dynamite power of the enemy. Over what? All that. See, you can get hung up on the word power. But what's the word we're supposed to be hung up on? Authority. Positional statements, because where do we live and operate out of? We have an authority. We've been seated in a heavenly place beside Jesus Christ and with the Father. We rule and reign in righteousness, a delegated place or position, a right standing with God. And so when we sit in that place, we have now opened up. The availability for something over us. Because authority is delegated power. And so God speaks. We talked about this Genesis 1-1. God speaks. This releases an authority. Correct? He did it right here in Luke. I give you authority. God speaks, releases authority. Full provision is being made within his words. Next, we have a corresponding action of faith. There is always an action of faith. You believed, you confessed with your mouth, and you are now saved. Like we've said before, if the lame man never took up his mat, he wouldn't have walked. If the staff was not extended over the waters, it would not have parted. There is no miracle that we see that did not have an action. You can spit and make clay. You can speak to a mountain. But if you don't do something, faith without works is dead. And so we sit here and we see that there is a corresponding action of faith that moves us to the manifestation of the word that was spoken by God. What did God speak? Because when God speaks, he will reveal an action. Lord told me my finances are going to get great. Oh, they're going to be so good. Oh, I'm going to talk about the promises. Okay, let's talk about the promises. Now I have to ask you, what are you doing? Oh, snap. You mean I can't just be a hearer of the word only? I got to be a doer? What? Because the doer is operating in delegated power and is releasing the authority of God upon the situation. That's where we're at. And so we sit here and we see. We can look in at Moses and I'm going to burn this because I don't want to. 
time runs away from me so fast. And so we can't do this. I'm going to look at Exodus right here. <laughs> sun stand still. Sun stand still. Um, <clears throat> glory. Exodus. You guys just write. You, go, you guys don't even try to keep up. I'm just going to go here. Exodus 30, verse 22. Moses starts getting some information from God. So God's speaking. God's speaking. God's speaking. So there's corresponding action that must have to take place here. And so we see Exodus... Ver 30 verse 22 says this. It says, more of the Lord spoke to Moses saying, told you he spoke. Uh, Take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet smelling cinnamon. Anyway, <clears throat> I love cinnamon. 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet smelling cane. That's a sugar, baby. Anyway, uh, 500 shekels of cassia according to the shekel of the sanctuary and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounding according to the art of the perfumer. The art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. And then, uh, I'll read verse 26. I'm supposed to. Uh, with it you shall anoint the tabernacle. So with this, I'm telling you what to do, how to do it, and what to do with it. I gave you power to go forth into the nations to preach the gospel. You've been endued. If you sit in the upper room your whole life, you'll never do anything. Come on. Okay. Anyway. And verse 34, I'm going to jump to verse 34 here too. And the Lord said to Moses, take sweet spices, stactic and, and ancha and galbamum, and pure frankincense. I told my wife this morning about how good I say some of these words. And then, uh, anyway, pride before a fall. <laughs> and these sweet spices, there shall be in equal amounts of each. You shall make of these an incense, a compound according to the, again, art of the perfumer. Salted, pure, and holy. Getting that, Krista? Anyway. Um, sorry, that's just fun. Um, in building the, the tabernacle, Moses had to do this also. I'm going to just keep going here. I'm going to jump back. Exodus 26. Exodus 26. Did you guys hear that there was an art there? Did anybody see that there was an art of a perfumer? There's an art. There's an art. There's an art. There's a art. There's a what? There's a what? There's a... That, uh, Moses, was he a good perfumer? We'll get there, never mind. Okay. <clears throat> Exodus 26, verse 1 says this. It says, Moreover, you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue, purple, and scarlet thread with artistic designs of cherubim. You shall weave them. Ooh, Moses is a weaver. Anyway, okay, verse 31, you shall make a veil of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine, woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. Artistic design. Uh, Exodus 28, verse 3 says this, it says, uh, so you shall speak to all our who are gifted artisans, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Say, I'm filled with the spirit of wisdom. Yes, okay. That they may make Aaron's garment to consecrate him, that he may be a minister to me as a priest. Verse 8 says this, and the intricately Woven. Oh man, if you see the notation on that and go over to it, it says ingenious work of. Ooh. 
the ingenious work of woven band of the ephod, which is, which is on it, shall be of the same workmanship. What kind of workmanship? I am not ashamed kind of workmanship. Oh, we're putting in the time. We get to do what we're supposed to do. Okay. The same workmanship made of gold, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. Um, and let's see, i got to jump all the way over here to verse 15. You shall make the breastplate of judgment artistically woven according to the workmanship of the ephod. Whoa, I mean, it's just setting precedence for the person that has to come in behind it. The person that made that artistic ephod is now having to do an artistic thing for the, for the breastplate. And we got people working with their best artistic gifts and abilities, working side by side, drawing out each other, calling them up to another level saying you let's go to here we can manifest heaven Moses got a revelation a design from God and he's been told what to do and we are partaking side by side hooking up with them releasing the gift that we were given as an art as a perfumer as a woven tapestry as somebody that's tamarind gold and making things out of wood and we come together to give expression of the heavenlies upon the earth so we can manifest spiritual realities skillful workmen verse 27 and two other rings of gold you shall make and put them on two shoulder straps underneath the ephod towards its front right at the seam right at the seam right i mean just you know where you got to put this right there at the seam no room for variance Saul, what is this lowing of sheep and cattle that I hear? No room for variance. No room for variance. Because when we submit to the authority, does anybody know what happened when they got done building this temple, anointing these people? When they got done cleansing and pouring out oil? Glory. 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 Order, glory, judgment. Order, glory, judgment. Nadab and Abihu were the first two to be judged. They offered profane fire before the Lord. The church starts being formed in Acts, and we find that the, there's order and structure that the Lord had given to them, and they started to do things, and the glory has started to impart, and, and has come down, and then you got Ananias and Sapphira. And we've already talked about this many times with the sin of Peor and all these things, that the, you know, and, and Zipporah with her husband, and we, we looked upon these things. Order, glory judgment. Are you going to press into the deep things of God? It will cost you your flesh. It will give you your life. And so we see here, I got to go to uh, 29.5. I got I to finish this little spot and we're going to keep on going. <clears throat> then you shall take the garment 
garments, but the, put the tunic of Aaron, on Aaron and the robe of the ephod, the ephod and the breastplate, and gird him. Gird him. Now you're taking this intricately woven band of the ephod and wrapping this artistic work around somebody. I remember T.D. Jake saying this one time. He goes, he goes, you know who puts me on this platform? He goes, lots of people. He goes, cameramen and secretaries. He goes, I got, I got travel agents. I got all these people. And he starts naming off all these things. And he goes, they believe in my gift so much they put me here. But I can't put me here. No leader can do it alone. Jethro told Moses that if you, this is not right. We'll head into this. Okay. Moses had to allow these people to use their giftings in order for him to fulfill the word of the Lord. How many leaders have overworked and overwhelmed themselves because they're trying to do the word of the Lord and they won't use the gifts that are beside them, the tools that are there, the enabling and the equipping that is provided? We must look at treasures in hidden vessels. Pride usually keeps us, you know, as an island unto ourselves. Loneliness is not of God. He's for relationship, fellowship, support, strength. You know, remember what that thing was. Three-strand cord is not easily broken. So let's, let's, you know, I love my helpmate. To do it alone, God bless you if you can. For me, my helpmate helps me massively. So here's an email I received a little while back. <clears throat> Not private. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but just an email, uh, email. And it says, are you feeling overwhelmed and overworked? There is so much to do. And it feels like you're the only one who can do it. You're stretched to the max. Nobody, nobody this, yeah, I didn't think so. I'll just talk. I'll find somebody. Aiden. Aiden. Aiden, are you feeling overwhelmed? Overworked? How's school? Anyway, um, no. Uh, okay. You're stretched to the max. When you're feeling exhausted and overextended, you may have overestimated your own importance. Mm. When we think we're the only ones who can do it the right way, we have unintentionally undervalued the people around us. And when people are undervalued, they don't grow and they don't stay. Thank God Jesus tells me about my value all the time. He kept me through some tough stuff because he believed in me. When a righteous man falls, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, the Lord will raise him up. He's called to me when I was in the gutter. He's called to me when I was in those places. I heard his voice. So, we have to continue. 
How do you break the unhealthy cycle of a perpetual bottleneck of always you having this weight? It's leadership. I just thought you guys would have the answer. Uh, no. Oh, um, <clears throat> no. So how do you think you break it? This subject that most people have fought with is a word called control. They just don't do what I tell them to. Moses allowed the control issue to take him out of Canaan. He got frustrated with the people, right? Lost out on the blessing. Yeah, leadership's going to be a, by the way, it's, it's a cow-kicking day. Um, if you didn't notice yet. Moses lost out on the blessing because he got frustrated with the people. Moses also lost out, this is amazing to me, because he asked the people their opinions. Oh, what do you want to do? Well, let's send in some spies. That sounds like a great idea. Oh, intellect of man is so, you're right. Let's send in the spies. I mean, I know God gave it to us, and he promised us all these things, and I wrote these first five books of law about how to do it. I mean, when we get there, we're going to set up these cities, and we're going to have these rules, and we're going to take our Sabbaths, and we're going to have, you know, fields that we didn't plow, and houses that we didn't build, and wells that we didn't dig, and this is going to be so good. Hey, we're here. Look at that right there. Hey, what do you guys want to do? Who's the leader? Moses. He did not take the land, possess the land. He had to tell Joshua, and when he hands it off to Joshua, which we'll, who knows what we're going to get to. Glory to God. We, 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 we'll see. He hands it off to Joshua, and not once, not twice, not three times, like multiples. Fear not and do not be dismayed. Fear not and do not be dismayed. Fear not and do not be dismayed. Did Joshua ask the people if they wanted to go in? No, he told them we're going in. Leadership has to fear not and not be dismayed. There are times when you have to cut into something. And the, the fight, the battle is whether you have had delegated authority for it. Because with delegated authority comes full manifestation of power. That which he has called you, his hand is not short. He will move you into what the Lord has called you to do. I love it because when Ms. Leanne was talking the one day, she's talking about how she'd went to Ramah, she'd had her vision, she knew that she was going to help Brother Hagen in bringing healing to people. She graduates from Ramah and goes home. See, this is the thing. If you have a destination mindset, right now, I'm telling you this right now, if you have a destination mindset, you are in a very, very scary place. There is no destination mindset when you have an eternal God. When you think, 
Well, when I have this car, I've arrived. When, I, when my ministry is this big, I'm there. When I have a house that's of this size, when my bank account looks like this, you know what? When I can buy, I still remember this, I love it. When I can buy an espresso coffee every day, praise you, Jesus. <laughs> that was year one, right, baby? Yeah. Year one of going out on my company, I'm like, oh, God bless me, I can get it. It's only about $1,200 a year um, that you can throw at coffee. Um, and just, just if anybody knows, don't, don't tip or buy anything extra because you'll be going 15 real fast. Um, but uh, just, just, just FYI. Uh, but so we, we see, though, that a, a destination mentality is like a task-oriented person. A task-oriented person is somebody that's always seeking control. Perform this task. Perform this task. Perform this task. Hmm. See, tasks, did, we, we don't get tasks. The Word of God has given us one thing. It's not control. It's empowerment. You have been endued with power from on high. He released and delegated authority to us. See, when we're caught up on tasks, you can have people that do things like... Uh, they, they can read through a list or wipe down a table or whatever. I, I got to use an analogy of my kids like cleaning their table uh, the kitchen table if they clean off the table every day say you, you know you're done with dishes hey kids wipe down the table they wipe down the table you see crumbs and stuff on that table you're like oh well we do all things as under the lord so you know we got to make sure to do that let's do that again let's do that again and so what they're really good at is accomplishing wiping down a table but if we would have preceded that with the principle of doing all things under the Lord, then they realize that when we go to cleaning, that they can wipe down the baseboards, that they can pick up trash, that everywhere they go, there's a principle that's now reflected in their heart, not a task. You want people, employees, fellow believers, family members, you want them to operate on principles out of their heart. That we are just kind and loving. We've been empowered and endued from within so that we can live out. And when we operate from what's within us and we learn and know and everything we do, because we do all things as unto the Lord, right? With all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. We don't care if we're working in a ministry or a secular job. We're the same person. The same vessel that's walking in one place is standing in the other place. So why would I say that I do something better for the church than I do for myself? Moo. You should, whatever you do, you do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. I preach the same here as I business over there. I use the same godly principles to run my life here as I use when I walk over into my business world and stand there. I don't get to change. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, so why are we propagating that there's a difference between the church and the world? Moo. 
There's no difference. We're looking at vessels. We're looking at people that were released with power from on high. They, know, they need to know how to operate in that power, not when it's task-oriented, but when it's their opportunity to manifest it. Christ gave us the power. He released everything into us when, we, when he says, and then he commissioned us with a go ye, but he never told you how to do it. He sent out the 70. And don't take this with you or whatever, you know, and go. But Jesus wasn't looking over their shoulder saying, you know, when you lay hands on them, you should just watch their hair and go to like the sides or, you know, or, or, well, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, I don't know if I'd say it that way. I, mm. let's look at the principles, the principles, the principles, because principles are eternal. Tactics change. Cultures change. Everything else can change. So what do we need to hold to? We need to hold to what has not changed. The same yesterday, today, and forever. And so this, though it doesn't tell you how to, you know, vacuum a carpet or how to change a light bulb, it did tell me to do everything as under the Lord. He told me to do it with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. I mean, I, I, I can give of myself. And, and when I give of myself and I do what this says, then it's not because I do it unto man as a man pleaser, but I do it as unto God. And God is the greatest accountant that has ever been. And he has taken and he put it in a chart of accounts. And he said, all blessings will flow for this is a debit and not a credit, you know. We start to give things. He writes it off, and he goes, no, 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 more has to go. More has to go. Oh, ooh, you, willing, obedient, willing, obedient, willing, obedient. They were pumping up their gas, and they were willing, and they were obedient. They got up in the morning, and they made their bed this way, willing and obedient. And they, you know, they did life. They walked to people, and they're willing, and they're obedient. And, the, and God is sitting there going, accounting, 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 accounting. You know what? We need, these guys have been giving. I need windows, windows, windows open. I need, I need the heavens to rain down on them. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on their behalf. I'm creating favor with them. I'm moving into their lives. I've planned and purposed and desired destinies for them. I wrote their future before they found the planet. I created them before the foundations of the earth. You've been in my mind. I planned your steps. I organized where you're going to go. The gifts are there for you to manifest and to show forth my goodness in the earth. The glorious inheritance is in the saints. And so, we learn that we want to know principles and not tasks. That's why when we say things like, you know, read your Bible, pray every day. It's good. It's good. Um, because it's right. But why? What's the principle? Because I want fellowship. He desired fellowship. He desired intimacy. 
I don't want you to get a gold star and think that that was the greatest thing that could happen. I got a smiley face on my week. I did it every day. Why don't we get to say things like, so what did the Lord show you in your devotional time? I'm glad that you read it, but what I really want to know is what did he show you? When the Spirit spoke to you and revealed something to your child or to your friends or to your family, what did he release? What divine purpose, what call of God got revealed on the inside of you? He wants me healthy. He wants me whole. Whoa, I can't do this no more. He, he desires better for me. He didn't lie. He said it would be pleasurable for a season. He says that those, those sins are there, and I'm going to enjoy it. But you know what? He also told me that if I choose that that way, that will lead me to death. But if I choose this, I'll lead myself unto life. And so we take the opportunities. God has empowered us. He's empowered us with the name of Jesus. He's empowered us with a free will. How do I know that God's not trying to be a controlling God? Because he gave it all away. He gave you a free will. So when we're fighting for control, we're not fighting for a godly thing. We must operate in authority. We're enabled to place ourselves into the structures he created. Now I'll go to 1 Corinthians eleven thirteen. For what God has created is always good. We know this in Genesis 1, right? Everything he created, it is good. It is good. It is good. That means morally upright. <clears throat> that beats a sin issue, if you didn't know that. Because when you're morally upright, you don't got a sin issue. So that's what the goodness of God is. Um, for what God has created is good, full of his character and reflecting his nature. There's three structures that are uh, put in or revealed in 1 Corinthians 11.3. It says, but I want you to understand. We're just working, looking for understanding here, right? That's all this is. It's not condemnation. It's understanding. The eyes of our, our, eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. And so we look... But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. The man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ. We have a personal or private structure release there, head of every man. Because, I mean, I have to look to my head, and so I look to that. That is my personal, private time with God. I got... Uh, the man is the head of a woman, and so we see the marital structure, the revelation of God and the church, how he so intimately desires to have relationship that it produces fruit. We see that here. And then we see, and God is the head of Christ, the structure of the church. Your personal life, your root, your rep, ooh, we can do it. Your reproductive life, that means your future, and your spiritual life. How are you going to establish longevity upon this planet except for with God? So, we are all relational. We are all relational. And through the use of free will, we will have to allow, that, they, that free will will allow us to have a mutual commitment and cooperation. 
That's the definition of submission. A mutual commitment to cooperation. Why does your family work? We have a mutual commitment to cooperation. Why does your church work? We have a mutual commitment to cooperation. Why, do, why does God and me work? We have a mutual commitment to cooperation. So, we're doing all things in decency and in order. Simple. Maybe I should have just started with that. In decency and in order. Be blessed. No? We'll, we'll go wherever. So, <clears throat> we're, I'm going to read this last little statement, and we're out. And we're going to forget the rest of it till another time. We are not the authority, but we are connected to authority through the act of submission. Authority is as strong as the power behind it. We didn't even go there. I don't think I have to, usually with leadership. You should understand the authority of God. Most leaders delegate tasks. The best leaders delegate authority. You are now over this. You now have control to do this. Make a decision, and when you fall, I'll be there to raise you up. When you fall, you can come to me and repent, and I won't condemn you. I'll bring you up to another place. I will elevate you. I will inspire you. I will edify you. Whoa, what are all those words? Those words don't get uttered with the word control. Control goes with conviction, or condemnation, sorry. Control goes with condemnation because it takes you against this list you're against. This law. But control and con condemnation, the adulterous woman would have never gotten out of that pile. Jesus needs to be manifested in our leadership. So, when you, uh, when you delegate a task, you create followers. If you delegate authority, you create leaders. Again, authority is delegated power. God creates leaders. He speaks. He releases the empowerment. We submit with the corresponding action of faith, and by releasing his authority, <laughs> we haven't even touched all this, um, all things move to, be, to reveal or manifest that which was originally spoken by God. And when I wrote all things, I have them in italics because, oh, I forgot. That's awesome. I left all those Bible verses at home, but whatever. That's why we didn't get there because I knew that we weren't going to get there. Yeah. I'm going to hit these real fast. Luke 10, 22, all things have been handed over to me. That is Jesus speaking. God proclaimed it in Luke in 22, he talks about all things. He reinstates it in Ephesians 1.22. He overwhelmingly declares it in Hebrews 2.8. Peter declares God's mighty power in 1 Peter 3.22. And we see Jesus submitted to God to release the power of all things are subject unto himself in 1 Corinthians 15.27-28. And we did not go through any of those scriptures or any of that teaching. But all things are subject to Christ. And so, I'll have to say this. And I'll, I'll close it. I got two minutes or one minute and ten seconds. Anyway, think of it as this. You're driving down the road. 
and you look out and you see that beautiful day. And you say, you know what? I want to submit myself to the authority of that day. And so how do we submit ourselves to that gorgeous day that's driving around outside that car? You reach over. Does the AC do it? Does the heater do it? No. You reach over and you go, click. And that window comes down. And when that authority that's outside comes through that invisible veil of a window, it's been there the whole time. But that authority comes in. It fills your car. It can move things that weren't tied down or cleaned up. It, can, it, it will allow you to know that it wasn't tidy. And you allow the authority that's outside to come in. And you smell of the fragrance that's out there. You feel it crawling around your life. And it starts to create a manifestation on the inside of the car that was already on the outside of the vehicle. Will you allow God to manifest his authority in your life? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and that it speaks to us so true. We thank you, Lord, that you have empowered us and that you have brought us <laughs> into the kingdom of your dear son. Father, we thank you that we're never alone. We praise you. You're so good. Lord, continue to reveal what we need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.